Before I get into the Word, I want to be honest with you about something. Uh, ever since Stacy and I went to Colorado, that's kind of when it started, but since I've gotten back, the Lord has talked to me about reverence and really recapturing a reverence for God and a reverence for His Word. We need that in this country. You know, we talked about how as the country gets more individualized, the church is going to come together. We're going to be more community and camaraderie and connected. I think in the same way as the world uh, in our country seems to get more irreverent towards God, the church is going to get more reverent. But here's what really blew my mind yesterday and then again this morning is that it became to the point, and you know, Juanita was here yesterday, some that were at Prayer Shield, uh, Mary Bell. I didn't even want to go up on the stage. It's like the Lord was saying, don't go up on the stage without a real soberness and reverence for me. And what a privilege it is for you to teach my word. Don't even go up there until you have a reverence for me, a reverence for my word. And then are you ready for this? and a reverence for my people because they are so holy and they are so set apart by me. They are my called out ones. Now, they may not know how holy and called out they are, but you are. And he spoke that word to me, that what a privilege to be able to teach the people of God. Amen? That you are a holy people. You're a set apart people uh, by his hand. And so this is my prayer journal. And uh, I want to read to you what he spoke to me yesterday morning. He said, Steve, don't go up on the stage without fear and trembling and reverence for my holiness and the holiness and the potential of all my saints in the body of Christ. Let your mindset be that they are world changers who are going to have a profound impact on their worlds. You know, we all live kind of within our own spheres. That's what he's talking about, our own uh sphere of influence, our own world. But he called you world changers and he calls you holy. And he said to, you can believe in yourself because Jesus Christ believes in himself in you. Christ trusts himself and his work in you. We need to trust his work in us. And then he said that you're worth more than you think you are and you can do more than you thought you ever could. For the greater one is inside you. I am inside you. See yourselves how I see you. Holy, set apart, consecrated. Agree with me. That's what he said. Amen. So, Father, uh, just pray for the body this morning. And we just recapture a reverence for you, first of all, for your word, the living word, Jesus Christ. And then, of course, uh, the scriptures, Lord, that are God-breathed. But, Lord, also we humble ourselves to agree with who you say we are. Forgive us when we've not seen how holy and clean you've made us. Forgive us when we miss that mark and miss that understanding. But Lord, we take it up this morning and we apply it with faith in our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, I want to continue talking about embracing uh, our Father's kingdom culture. Back in July, we had prayed, Father, show us what it is, what it looks like to live different, think different from the world around us and to embrace your kingdom culture. So here's what he said. He said, well, number one, embrace your true identity in Christ. So that's one of the major things, you know, he's talking about this morning. Your identity is in Christ. 
And just like Jesus became sin without ever committing one, you became righteous without ever doing something righteous. You were made righteous in Christ. And that's where you get your identity. Not from what your mother-in-law said, not from your job performance, not from uh, what anybody else has to say. What God says about you, humble yourself and start agreeing with Him. What you believe about yourself is more important than your behavior. The church for years has majored on behavior modification. If you'll believe who God says you are, believe it, dance with it, live like it's true, it'll fix your behavior. Belief is a powerful tool. So embrace your true identity. Embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. Embrace the Lordship of Jesus. This is why, because Jesus is Lord of your life, He won't let you hold on to grudges. He's not going to let you live in, in unforgiveness or offense. Amen, somebody? He's, I mean, you can try to hang on to offense, but He's going to do this. Do you know that nobody has the power to offend you? You have to take offense. Now, they have the power to knock on your door with it. <laughs> but you have to open the door and say, you know what, I think I'll be offended today. They don't have that power because they're not your source. Christ is your source. So for Him to be Lord, then, He's chief decision maker. And when He says forgive, then we forgive. Be quick to forgive. And then embrace the health and healing of the Father's kingdom. I love that out of Proverbs 3. He said, when we depart from evil, and whether it's a root of bitterness or not loving our co-workers well or whatever it is, when you depart from that, he said, it's strength to your body and health to your bones. I love that. The, the way to God is healthy. Sin is unhealthy. It may be a custom. Maybe we're used to it, but it's not healthy. It's unsatisfying. And it's unnatural because you're made in the image of a God who's loving and forgiving. The people that you're trying to witness to, because we're going to talk about salt and light today, they probably don't want truth just yet. Is that fair? I mean, I don't think a lot of people in our country are clamoring for truth. They get on to us and say, you're not loving me. You told me the truth about my sin or whatever. And we need a balance of grace and truth. We speak the truth, but we do it in love. So they're not after truth, but can I get a witness? They do want to be happy. How did Jesus start his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5? Start with verse 3. He used the same word about nine times, and it starts with a B. Blessed. Blessed. Now, get your Amplified Bible out. It means happy, to be envied. Uh, it means joyful. Blessed are, happy are those who are poor in spirit, who mourn for others in their uh, distress, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They're happy people who... Uh, give me another one. Pure in heart, single in heart. They love God solely. Those are happy people. So maybe they don't want the truth, but if they want to be happy, just do what Jesus did and tell them how to be happy. Because the truth and walking upon His way is what will make a human being happy. All this fussing and fighting in our country and the grudges. and Man, do you see the, how the Spirit, it's demonic, pits Americans against each other. It's always about arguing. It's either politics or race or gender or something. Uh, but we're not to be, we're not cut from that cloth. We're a different culture. We're not yoked up, hooked up to that culture. We're hooked up to our father's culture. And so uh, we, we embrace the health and healing of our father's kingdom program. Stay immersed in the presence of God. 
God inhabits the what? The praise of his people. You need to be praising and worshiping God every day. Not just Sunday. Let's be worshiping every day. Let's be praying every day. And I know this week we came together as a church. If you didn't get the email, let us know and we'll get your email squared away. But each Monday I'm just sending out a prayer target. So this week we were praying for freedom for those closest to us. Praying for people's freedom. This week it may be finances. I'm still kind of seeking him about that. But we need to be people of his presence, people who pray, people who worship. And it's not just Sunday. Every day is Jesus' day. Every day is his day. We're we're hooked to him. All right? And then stay dressed in the whole armor of God. And then this morning we're going to look at living as salt and light. Let's go to Matthew 5, verse 13. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Did you see it? He didn't say you're trying to become salt. He said you are salt. But if the salt loses its flavor, how will it be seasoned? Is it good then for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot? Verse 14, you are the light of the world. Can he lie? Then who are you? You're light and salt. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. He never lit you to hide you, ever. He lit you to reveal himself through you. So not under a lampstand, but look at this. It gives light to all who are in the house. He lit you to give light to all who are in the house. I love that. How about we start in our own Jerusalem? I want your own family to know you as light and salt. I want them to really say, hey, you know my dad, he's Christ-like. My spouse, Christ-like. I want your children to, to say that of you. Start in Jerusalem and then Judea, Samaria. Don't, we can't run to the remotest parts of the earth and forget about our own family. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We are those who do good works and we do them naturally. Light and salt, naturally supernatural. So every time you serve your coworker, every time you bless your classmate, every, every time you speak a word of encouragement to your spouse or to your children, they see your good works and then they glorify your Father in heaven. And they may even say thanks. They may tell you thank you. Don't say, oh, well, it wasn't me. Don't, it sure looked like you. <laughs> Aren't we funny like that? We over-spiritualize it. If they say thank you, who are they really thanking? The the Father, the one who's at work in you. You ever seen people that sing a song? It was so annoying. It was so great. And people are like, man, thank you for singing that song. That was so powerful. You were so great there. And they're like, oh, it wasn't me. We know it's not you. We know this. It's like the donkey Jesus is riding in on in Jerusalem. They're all saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And then the donkey stands up and says, guys, settle down. It's not me. We know it's not you. (laughs) It's the one on you. (laughs) Don't over-spiritualize it. But your goodness, your kindness, your deeds of love, not just words of love, your deeds of love. Don't just preach the gospel. Be the gospel. Don't just tell people God loves them. Be the message that God loves them. But when you do that, it allows people who may not be looking for God to have an encounter with the God who's always looking for them. He's always looking for that next person, right? Because he doesn't desire that any would perish, 
but that all would come to everlasting life. We got this far last week. And you remember what I said was that you didn't wake up for you today. You didn't wake up for everybody to treat you right, you know, say the right thing to you so you could be happy. Can you imagine just praying every day, God, would you please let everybody be nice to me so I can walk by the Spirit today? So I can be happy. <laughs> Peace isn't out here. Peace is in here. Joy is in here. You're, you're bringing it to situations and circumstances. But we can be so self-centered that our whole day is about us and that we hope everybody treats us well. Tell, tell your spouse, honey, please be nice to me today. Please treat me in such a way that I can have a good day. Do you, let me tell you something. If you treat your spouse with this mindset that they have to behave a certain way for you to be happy, you're not loving them, you're using them. You're just using your spouse. You don't care about them, you care about you. Am I preaching good? See, you got, you got to live out of the divine nature of the Almighty. You, you lack for nothing. The reason we do that to people and we put all that on people and we cause strife and contention is because we think we lack something. We think they're carrying something we need. Like somehow they're carrying your self-esteem. Somehow they're carrying your value. That's a lie. You've got the value of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. He's in you. You don't lack for anything. The Lord is your shepherd. You don't lack for anything. So we don't have to look outside in people and circumstances to have a happy day. Woo! Look at Romans 15. I didn't, I didn't put it on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. Romans 15. This is so powerful. Romans chapter 15. We then who are strong and mature... <laughs> That's the real issue, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm meddling, I know. I'm talking about myself as well. But sometimes we're not as mature as we think we are when we're self-centered. We then who are strong and mature ought to bear with the weaknesses or literally the immaturity of the weak and not live to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his own good. In other words, you're not being nice to your neighbor. You'd take him a cherry pie and bless him in the name of Jesus so you could get something. Oh, I got a star on my crown. <sighs> Sylvia, I went over. I witnessed my neighbor. I know God likes me now. Ah. He likes you enough to live inside of you. you. Don't go to your neighbor's house like you lack something. We've been talking about this in eldership. Elders in a church do not eld out of some felt need we have. Oh, come on. Elders serve. We give because we have all that we need in Christ. But here's the thing. So do you. I love this passage. Let each of us go bless his neighbor. Be good to your neighbor. Do good works to your neighbor for his good because you don't lack anything. You don't need anything from him. Could you imagine? Brian, I, I, I blessed my neighbor. I went over and I uh, mowed his, his yard for him and he never even said thank you. He didn't give me a pie. He didn't do anything. He didn't offer to water my uh, lawn. He didn't let me borrow his lawnmower. He... We don't do things that create debt with other people. We live out of the divine nature of Almighty God. Who's more than enough? I remember the Lord asking me as a young believer, Steve, what did you not get when I came inside of you to live? 
What do you not have? And here I was trying to get him to love me, get him to bless me, get him to heal me, get him to provide for me. Well, I got him. It's all right there. Okay, so he says, let us do good to our neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Jesus Christ did not live to please himself. But as it's written, the insults of those who insulted you fell upon me. Oh, my goodness. So we're growing up. Amen. We're growing up. We're maturing. We don't want to be immature our whole lives. It's okay to be immature. It's not okay to stay there. You know, if you got a, a seven-year-old and you got to do a lot of certain things, feed him, whatever, lay his clothes out. Well, when he's 37, I hope you're not doing that still. It's okay to be immature at one point, but it's not okay to stay there. And we have to learn, like came uh, prophetically about 10 minutes ago, we got to quit fighting with people and learn to fight for them. If they're being that ugly to you, that offensive to you, fight for them. They're the one in bondage. Oh, that's powerful. Father, give us eyes to see. Boy, we need to see what you see is really going on in people. We need discernment in this hour. Father, I pray for us right here at Grace Church, Lord, every family, every individual, that we would have discernment, supernatural discernment, and we would seek it, Lord. We would desire to have discernment so we can really know what's going on in people's lives. We'll quit fighting with people and we'll fight for their freedom. Powerful. Luke 12, you yourself said, Lord, how is it you can discern the weather and you can't discern what's going on around you? Father, grow us up. Mature us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, everybody. Amen. Amen. Wow. So that's Romans 15. Andrew Womack says that self-centeredness is the root of all human grief and misery. You want to know who the most miserable people are? The self-centered ones. It's true. And look at our country. Everything is self-centered. Everything's about my opinion and my rights and my beliefs. And only by pride comes strife and contention. Unfortunately, that's Proverbs 13.10. Unfortunately, there's a lot of strife in the country. And James 3.16 says, where there's envy and strife, there's every form of wickedness. Welcome. It's a gateway. That's why the enemy's doing all the strife. So we can't participate with that. Doesn't mean we don't speak truth. We speak truth with grace and love and graciousness. In other words, I care about you, so I'm talking to you about it. I'm not coming to beat any, anybody up with rules in the Bible. I'm coming to, to encourage you that that's not going to make you happy. Remember, they're not ready for truth, but they do want to be happy. So tell them how they can be happy to walk upon the way. Man, that's... Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So here's some notes for you. The immature will fight with people. The mature will fight for them. Number one, the immature will fight with people. Number two, the mature will fight for people. Okay, immature are self-centered. The mature are God-centered and others-minded. Everybody still love me? (laughs) Take it up with the Lord if you're mad. The immature are self-centered. They think about themselves. The mature are God-centered. We think about what He wants and others-minded. The immature live out of their circumstances 
and people situations. The you know, relationship with people. The mature live out of God's divine nature. You're full, full of Him. The immature are always connected to the world around them. The mature are always connected to Christ. So we're not, we're not, we don't live and die with all the strife and all that. We're not up and down with the culture because we're not plugged into that world. We're plugged into our Father's culture, the kingdom of God in the earth. Amen, everybody? We good there? Okay. So salt and light is the epitome of embracing God's counterculture to the world. Light shining in dark times, salt preserving the love, the light, and the life of Jesus Christ. So the world is darkness, death, deception, decay. That's what we're seeing. It's a lot of deception. That's why Luke 12 is important. Start discerning the times. Start discerning what's going on around you, especially with your children, your grandchildren. There's a lot of deception going on. So we've got to get anchored in truth. That's why the whole armor of God was a big part of, of this series. Uh, we need to guard against the self-righteous spirit that's going on. Here's the thing with self-righteousness. It's always quick to point out everybody else's wrongs. That is what's going on in this country. I mean, they're just building a foundation on everything that's wrong with the country, everything we've ever done wrong, and what's wrong with this and what's wrong with that. And it arouses everybody's flesh. That's a self-righteous spirit. There's no humility in it because they cannot see the log in their own eye. Now, you and I, Jesus said it's okay to help your brother with the speck in his eye. Just do it through the lens that there's a log in yours. In other words, when we talk truth one to another, hey, we come humbly and we come with understanding. If somebody is bound by something, come with understanding. We know what it's like to be tempted in the world. We know what it's like to be deceived It may not be we were deceived with what they're deceived with, but it's the same enemy, it's the same flesh. So we're people of understanding, we're people of grace and peace. So flee the self-righteousness. Stay humble, but speak the truth in love. Uh, Something else in our country that's a problem is that What we're trying to do is build a good country apart from God. Jesus said there's none good but God. So man is trying to be good, know good, and do good in this country apart from God. And you can't do it because God himself is good. So if you want to build a good and healthy nation, you have to build it on God. And that's where the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is messing with us uh, big time. We ask the Lord, show us how to live different. Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. So let's renew our minds to how salty we are. If you are salt, and Jesus says you are, be salty in a good way. Salt does four things naturally. I want you to write these down. Salt does four things naturally. So you're not struggling to become these. You're naturally these. Okay, when you walk in the truth. Let me show you this. This is uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace, that's who we are, amen? Be multiplied to you. Look at that. In the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied to you as His divine power has given to us, what? 
all things that pertain to life and godly. You don't lack for anything. That's why you're not needy. You don't need everybody around you to treat you right, do you right, and say just the right thing for you. Because you have all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, the knowing of Him, the intimacy of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we've been given exceedingly great and precious promises that through these promises you may be partakers, literally participators, one with His divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Everybody say lust. Okay, so we're talking about lust uh, lends itself to coveting. It's always like, I gotta have this. I need this to be happy. I need this to have some joy. I gotta covet this, or I lust after this, or I'm going after this. No, you're, you've got the divine nature of God. You don't lack for anything. The real deception of sin is that it could ever satisfy you. That's the real trick. You think it's the act you did. The real deception was when the enemy convinced you that it could satisfy you. Lust will never satisfy you. Going after something else can't satisfy you. Go back to the Garden of Eden. What was our sin? We went after something else to make us godlike, to make us satisfied. That is what sin is. Okay, but we don't need to do that. The Lord is our shepherd. We don't lack for anything. We have all things that pertain to life and godliness through participating with his divine nature. How did Jesus love so well? How did he forgive? How is he always on? Because he lived out of the Father's nature. He wasn't creating debt in his mind about everybody else. Did you notice Stephen in Acts chapter 6 or 7, the first martyr, when they stoned him to death, what did he say? The same thing Jesus said, Father, do not hold this sin against them. Do you realize that's Christ speaking that same sentence through Stephen? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead had now been put into Stephen. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Christ in you, the mystery of the gospel. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that same Jesus, that's why we're people who by nature are salt and light. By nature we forgive. By nature we love. We do not love for the return. We do not forgive for the return. Does this make sense to you? We live out of this divine nature. I just love that. It's such a powerful truth. But you've got to know who's in you and that he's more than enough glory to god we don't witness so god will love us (laughs) we don't forgive somebody so they'll owe us we love by nature we forgive by nature guess what else we are we're joyful by nature we don't work at it it's who we are It's who we are in Christ. All right, four things. And the best thing uh, that salt does naturally, best thing you can do when I give you these four things, sit with the Lord and say, Lord, what does this look like for me? Because the first one is salt destroys. Salt destroys. 1 John 3, 8, Jesus came and destroyed the works of the devil. Ask the Lord, what does it look like, Lord, for me to destroy the works of the devil? By nature, when we love, we're destroying hate. By nature, when we forgive, we're destroying roots of bitterness, strife, contention, where there's every evil work. Does that make sense to you? You're not trying to do something. Just be you. Be salt. Be light. It'll automatically begin to destroy the works of the devil. Woo! 
Boy, I love that. Now I get to be me. I don't have a list of rules. I get to be me. Christ in me and me in Him. The hope of God's glory being revealed. Number two, salt preserves and heals. It preserves and heals. Salt can cleanse a wound. You guys know that. Literally can drive bacteria out. Look at 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, Please notice the situation of the city uh, is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground is barren. There's no fruit. And he said, Bring me a new bowl and put some salt in it. If Choctaw is struggling, what's God going to say? Put some salt in it. I love that Brian Cannon is the the head maintenance and... Uh, I don't know. What else is your title? Maintenance, building, grounds, all that. Uh, at Choctaw Nacoma Park Schools. God just added some salt to it. And you don't need a pound of salt for a pound of meat. Right, ladies? You, know, you just need a little. Just a little salt. And that's what they're saying. If it's barren, if it's bad, God says, here's my answer, salt. Because it heals And it preserves, and by nature, it'll drive out wickedness and bitterness and hatred. Just by being who we are. So bring me a new bowl, put salt in it. They brought it to him. He went out to the source of the water, he cast in the salt there, and he said, look at this, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water from it. There shall be no more death nor barrenness. Walk into your classroom, walk into your schools, walk into your living room, walk into your workplace and say this. Thus says the Lord God, I have healed this place. Salt has been introduced. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise. Salt has come to this place. No more death, no more barrenness. They get to do all their shenanigans. Let's do ours. They get to bring all that death and decay in there. Let's bring light and salt in there. They say, I don't know. I don't know if I want all your truth. Do you want to be happy? (laughs) Because this is the way to be happy. Death and decay, strife, envy, bitterness. That in our work environment won't make any of us happy. This is what will make us happy. Light and salt. Put a little salt in it. Boy, I love that. Declare it. Walk in there and say, I have healed this water. I have healed the atmosphere of this house. I have healed the relationships in this house. There shall be no more death nor barrenness. Why? Salt is here. So the water remains healed to this day, according to the word of Elisha. We in the earth preserve the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And so when he said, you're the salt of the earth, it meant all his followers were to serve as preservatives and stop the moral decay that's going on around us. Anybody see any moral decay going on? I sure do. But we have to be willing to expose people, introduce them to the healing salt of Jesus. Jesus is a healer. Salt is a healing agent. Number three, it adds flavor. Salt adds flavor, improves flavor, and you can Google this. I don't know if you knew it, but salt actually reduces bitterness in your food. It improves flavor because it reduces bitterness. That's us. We're the spice of life. We're the, we're the joy people get to taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, are they tasting you? 
No, you're the branch. But don't say, oh, it's not me. Don't. <laughs> we already covered that. Just say, thank you. God is good. I'm glad you can see how good he is. So fruit comes from the vine. It comes through the branch. So you get to hold it. You get to display it. And they get to come and partake and see how good he is. And what an opportunity we have because it looks like the country is in a bad way and heading the wrong direction and we get to be light in the midst of it. We get to be fruit-bearing people because we're not yoked and connected to that culture. We're going to stand out like a sore thumb. In this case, a good, a good thumb. Taste and see the Lord is good. John 15, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. This fruit of him, his nature, his word, his work is going to come through you. And you get to put him on display. Again, simply ask the Lord, what does this look like for me? How, Lord, can I go into my living room, my workplace, wherever, and add flavor? How can I live in such a way, be in such a way, that they can taste you. We bring joy and spice to those receptive to the truth out of our union with Christ. Number four, it creates a thirst. Last one, it creates a thirst. Do you realize that Christians should create thirst for Christ? Amen. Not, not repulse, repulse people. <laughs> not drive them away. But we create a thirst for Christ. Yet if we lose our flavoring, we'll look and taste just like the world. And so that he's speaking to us about that. We don't want to look and taste like the world. That's not a counterculture. And that has happened some over the years. So what do we do? We have to make up our mind who we're really going to serve and who we're going to really live connected to. Because if you think that what people don't know isn't killing them, you're wrong. Turn on the news for about five minutes. The things that are going on in our country and so forth, in the culture, it's almost shocking. But I'm telling you this, what people don't know is killing them. And it's not just about information. They need to know Him. They need to know Him. So we've, we need to live as, as salt and light because we're going to create a thirst for Christ through it. Look at this passage. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech Always, or conversation, be seasoned, or sorry, always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So your your conversations need to have grace in them, seasoned with salt that creates thirst in other people for who you know. You've found the pathway to happiness. It's Him. Oh, amen. Amen. Now, I know that for me, at times, and Stephen, you guys can go ahead and come. For me, at times, I've not been as bold with people as I should have been. And can I be honest with you why sometimes I've not been as quick to share my faith with people as I should have been? Are you ready for this? Because I loved myself more than I loved them. I cared more about what they thought about me than introducing the gospel to them. God forbid. 
When we care more about what people think about us than what the message that the Lord's trying to get to them, God forbid. We can't love ourselves more than we love them. The mature are God-centered, living out of His nature and others-minded. Let me show you a couple of scriptures here. Proverbs 29.25 The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. John 5.44 Jesus said, How can you even believe who receive honor from one another and you don't seek the honor that comes from God? What are we saying? In this house, we are not man-pleasers. We must be God-pleasers. And that it's our desire that we love Him more than we love what people think about us. Had a young lady that was super honest in first service. She just blurted it out before she caught herself. She just said, well, I just don't want to make waves. Who's that about? It's about her. When you say, well, I don't want to make waves, what you're saying is that I don't want people to think poorly of me or think I caused something. Oh, thanks, honey. Join with me in repenting of all the times that we've loved ourselves more than Him. Can I get a witness that God is pretty busy? He's got a universe to run. What was that movie with Jim Carrey where all the emails... God let Jim Carrey be God for a little bit. Uh, Bruce Almighty. Because... Bruce didn't think God was doing a very good job. (laughs) So God lets Bruce be God. And his emails are going off just because he's got a billion prayer requests in like an hour. God's busy. Here's what I want to say to you. So if he takes the time to speak to you, to share his love for your co-worker's family, stop weighing all the outcomes and how it might affect you. And just do what he said. He is the God of the universe. And if he takes the time to speak to your little heart and say, Would you please tell Bill how much I love him? Then do what he says. Stop intellectually uh, trying to figure out outcomes. The God of the universe, just who's super busy, just took time to tell you something. Let's be doers of the word. Not just hearers. Amen? Stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you have never known the joy of a personal encounter and relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to make that decision. Or you say, Brother Steve, you know, I've, I've never invited Christ into my heart. I've never known His friendship, His companionship, His lover, His forgiveness. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, pray for me. I want to be born again. Anybody? I want to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody? Gathered church, will you raise your hands with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the reality that we are light and salt. And Father, we thank you now for creative ideas by the power of the Holy Spirit on how we can live as salt. Our home, our work, our schools, wherever, Walmart, Crest, Tinker, wherever we go. The devil knows our name. He knows when light walks into the room. I pray, Lord, we begin to know it too. 
He knows who you are, church. Father, pull back the veil. Let us see in ourselves what you see, that naturally, supernaturally, we can begin to put light and salt on display, put the gospel on display, and then, Lord, the strength to simply do what you ask us to do. We are interruptible on a daily basis. We are available. Not our will, but your will be done. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, amen. Give him praise this morning. If you have a prayer need, if you... You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.com.